The Bob McCowan Podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. With John Shannon, I'm McCallum. Hello, Shanny. Hey, Robert, how are you? Hey, did you watch football last night? A bit. I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a bit of it. It was just not a very exciting game, I didn't think. They had three games out of that ilk. Three games. The the Bills game was done early. Obviously, the Buccaneers game was done. And when you think of the six games that uh, that got played, I, I really uh, the, the two stories were how how badly the Cowboys got destroyed, and then the Lions and the Rams. That was that was it. And yet, I suppose know, we're, we're talking about how great the NFL is. But one game that was really compelling. Well, I think most people thought Philadelphia would rebound and wow. um, beat Tampa Bay. You didn't. No, they they. There's obvious, and I I don't other there's than what I read in the newspapers. The Eagles, yeah. There's obviously an issue. We had uh, we had Booger McFarland on about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, and with Richard and and me, and 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 he kind of hinted at issues in the in the room in Philadelphia. Uh, he wouldn't get into specifics, but uh, ever since then, I started to read more and understand more, and they just. You know, they lost both coordinators last summer um, before the season. And, and so perhaps that was what it was. But now you have. Well, but they were what, 10 and 1? Something like that. Yeah. And then the world At fell apart. Point. The wheels fell off. Exactly. It was crazy. It was crazy. So it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating. I, I, it's, uh, I, I'm one of those guys. I'm on the Detroit Lions fan, bandwagon, but I don't know what they're going to do. And uh, well, I don't think you can bet against the. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So, did the Bills impress you last night? Yeah. The I you know, the Bills have impressed me for the last three weeks, and 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 you know, changing the offensive coordinators obviously made a huge difference. And people in Buffalo are going to laugh at me for saying that, but there's a new attitude. And I, I you know, I, I listen to a lot of uh, Buffalo radio. Mike Shope uh, has been on, and I, I listen to Mike all the time. Six weeks ago, they were talking about if they run the table, they can go to the Super Bowl, and I thought they were nuts. But you know what? That's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. In fact, a lot of people have made Buffalo the favorite for the Super Bowl now. I'm, 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 I'm really kind of. I mean, Kansas City's going to going to play in Buffalo, and it's the first road game other than a Super Bowl that uh, Mahomes and Andy Reid have played since they've been together. You have to wonder if this is their last gasp at greatness or will Buffalo just roll over them like they did the Steelers? Well, you could make the argument that uh, this might be Buffalo's last gasp at greatness. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, they I, haven't I, been I, I don't, a Super Bowl. Tell you what, the one thing, the, very the, good. the one issue they have, they got a lot of injuries yesterday. They lost four guys on the defensive, uh, on the defensive core yesterday. You wonder how their health is. Yeah, uh, and by the way, I don't know if you noticed it, but two teams during the two games being played last night announced that they had interviewed for head coaches. Jim Harbaugh was uh, announced by the Chargers that he has interviewed for the the job in Los Angeles, and the Atlanta Falcons uh, announced that they had interviewed Bill Belichick for their job. So, 
the business of football never stops, but I'm surprised it actually happened during the game. And if, if I'm Roger Goodell, I'm phoning Arthur Blank and the Spanos family saying, what are you doing trying to steal the thunder from our games yeah. when interviewing coaches and announcing it? We should talk well, more about Belichick. I was going to say, I think we will talk a fair bit about Belichick because our friend Bob Ryan of Boston will be with us in just a minute. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the Bet Rivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Bob Ryan is with us from uh, Boston, where the story really is Bill Belichick. And maybe a story that's been there for many years, but maybe hidden behind a quarterback who uh, who won for them. Were you, first of all, surprised that Belichick left? I was not surprised. I think the betting that uh, I was asked this question, of course, several times, you can imagine. And I said by a, a, a margin of about 52 to 48 percent, I'll say he's going somewhere. He won't be back. And... Um, uh, it, there was a question, of course, but, um, it, you know, because one reason being, we really didn't know what Bob Kraft was thinking. Okay. I mean, and he's the, the, the that's, he's the source and, and he, we needed to know um, whether he was willing to uh, cut the cord and, uh, uh, and, and it's definitely, uh, well, now we know. So uh, I'm not surprised. What did you make of the press conference, Bob? Um, because they really tried to polish it up as these are two great friends and, um, you know, we're always going to be friends. And, and yet, you know darn well behind the scenes, one guy was saying, well, uh, you know what, we're, we're, we're not really happy with the way the team's going. And the other guy's saying, well, I still want to coach. Well, he does still want to coach. I, I think the uh, I, there's no question about that. I mean, we all we all the media and, and, and are, are unanimous that his goal in life right now is to catch Don Shula and surpass Don Shula. He's come this close. He doesn't want to fall short. He needs 15, I believe, to to, to get it done. And, and and it wasn't going to happen in New England for uh, certainly not in, in two years if he's lucky, maybe three. So um, that's number one. But the uh, uh, the the it, it was a a show. You look at the press conference. You know, it was it was a show, and uh, uh, they, they we 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 kind of knew that. And, and um, it, it's it's so that's I'm sorry I'm babbling because it's it, it, it's just such an unusual circumstance. It was so obvious too when you when they come up with a head coach within what forty eight hours. Oh yeah, well we know he was the heir apparent that, that most people thought uh, uh, Gerard Mayo, and 
Absolutely. And of course, they didn't have to go through the Rooney uh, rule process because they had already taken headed that off with Mayo's last contract. Right. And and that um, they that saved them the dog and pony show of bringing in some some ceremonial uh, uh, man of color to interview for a job which has already been given away to another man of color. Then they have to go through that. And so um, that that was one thing. Let me ask legacy wise. Do you think passing Shula matters? Not really. Um, he's got exactly. more Super Bowls. He's got more Super Bowls. His, his his reputation as a brilliant coach is secure. Uh, what isn't? What what what? And so that's a great question. I have everybody asked that question. Uh, really, that's good. No, uh, it's not going to matter. I mean, he's out doing his. his Shula by uh, by the Super Bowls, and that's the big measuring stick ultimately, right? So, uh, and by the way, uh, he may get it, and then wind up uh, having to send a congratulatory telegram to Andy Reid someday. <laughs> so, uh, seriously, so you know that's the other thing. Uh, he may not, be, if even if he gets it, he may not hold on to it. The the fascination for me about Belichick was, um, particularly in the last well since since Brady left. Um, you, you know, most of the press was not very positive. Most of the coverage was not very positive. And yet the moment he left, it became, he was back on a pedestal. Well, sure. Because of the, you know, you have to give, acknowledge the six Super Bowls of the nine appearances. You have to do that. And, 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 and the thing is that, uh, uh, the last, the, there was the Brady success of another one without him. Uh, as as became part of the dialogue, and and I'm sure it frosted him. I'm, I'm sure we know we know we we are strongly believe that he was ready to cut the cord as far back as four or five years ago, when he got Garoppolo, and and he was grooming Garoppolo, and uh, and he was mostly outvoted two to one by the by Kraft and Bell and Brady himself, and he had to get rid of Garoppolo, and 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 you note that uh, he sent him. To a good home, you know, and with a with a uh, organization that he likes and respects, uh, not to some Siber football Siberia, and uh, uh, that was you know when he sent him to San Francisco and didn't send him for very much, as I recall. No, no, uh, fifty cents on the dollar, yeah. and and or maybe seventy five, no question. And that was he he didn't want to make that deal. There's never been a doubt in my mind that uh, that he thought that he was ready to move on from Brady even then. And then for Brady to one-up him by winning one at Tampa Bay was probably probably very galling. But as far as the, the, the mutual show of affection and admiration and all that thing, I mean, let's face it, Bel Kraft owes Belichick a great deal. I mm -hmm. mean, in every way, financially, I mean, the, the value of this franchise and some, from the difference between what it was when he bought it and, and, and when he's, what, he, what it is now, and which he has to direct completely directly uh, attributable to to what Belichick has done here. You know, he owes him, and there's no question. Let's talk about Belichick, the coach, versus Belichick, the general manager. Yes. My sense is that uh, people are uh, not up for the fact that Belichick, as a general manager, has been great at least the last four or five years. Do you agree? Totally. The uh, there's no there's unanimity of of, of opinion, media opinion that the uh, the, the general manager uh, screwed up the coach. And 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 we, we went through this once before. People don't uh, and 
25 years ago with Patino. He, his general managing did him in. And he, his, and Belichick lost it. There's no question that the general managing is uh, that too much power was concentrated. And he, somebody had to overrule him on a, a couple of decisions. He's drafting of wide receivers, exhibit A. But right. no question uh, that's the story here is that he can still coach. I don't think there's any question, but uh, the, gen- the, pers- the personnel that he now has wasn't good enough. And and that's that. So he's talking to a bunch of other teams. Do you think he is insisting that he be the GM? Well, that's the, that's the great that the question is. I personally, and I think I'm, I'm you know, I, I, many people would agree with me, are very skeptical. I can't imagine him going somewhere else and listening. I wrote this, by the way. I said to some 55-year-old whippersnapper general manager telling him that, you know, no. And seriously. And I can't imagine him going somewhere and 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 acceding and 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 yielding to someone else's decision about who to draft, who to cut, uh, blah blah blah. I I find this hard to believe, and yet uh, we I don't know how this is going to shake out. We'll see where he does go. But I find this hard to believe that he can accommodate himself to a new world in which he would not have the final say. We so already he know. wants to be a general manager. Will anybody offer him that position? Well, I. I don't know. Maybe uh, this is a great question. Uh, I don't know how they, if an owner is naive enough to think that that he's going to be easy to handle. You know, if 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 somebody else is supposed over him, uh, that's that's ridiculous. If they, oh, they, I, but I don't know. The owners, you know, they're a strange breed sometimes too. Um, that's the great. We don't know. These are unanswerable. These are questions we that are fascinating all of us here because we want to see how this fo- unfolds naturally uh, out of great academic curiosity. I, 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 well, I think what I just said to you would be a, a strong, strongly confirmed by by everybody that we can't imagine him going somewhere and then not having the power. And yet, does someone want to, if that they take a look at why he's available, which is the fact that he wasn't capable any longer, he wasn't doing a good job of of, of d- judging incoming personnel anymore why would you hire him so i don't know how this is going to shake out um well we already know he's interviewed at atlanta because the falcons came out with a release last night during the game which uh, which shocked me by the way uh i mean aren't we supposed to be focusing on the game rather than news of the day and and both both the chargers said that they announced that they had talked to harbaugh and and the falcons had said they talked to to belichick um but the other story that started to percolate, of course, was that, hey, Jerry Jones has got to do something in Dallas. Can you see <laughs> Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick ever working together? I mean, it, uh, on the outside, it's a loving because they're football guys. But when the doors close, can you see them having the same philosophy ever? There couldn't be a worse fit, in my opinion. Than him, than he and Jerry Jones, because Jerry Jones is the is the polar opposite of the hands off uh, owner. He, he is an all, all is a hands on everything owner who thinks he's a football expert, who who is a, who is his own de facto general manager. And this is exactly the scenario that I can't imagine Bill Belichick welcoming or in one in which he could flourish. This doesn't make any sense at all to me. Uh, but it's the jokes. I I guess I I found out that they were they were literally joking uh, in in the uh, press box during the Cowboys game at halftime that Bob Kraft, I mean, that Jerry Jones is is saying, anybody got, got Belichick's number? At, and, uh, you know, of course, on the one side, that does make sense. He would be an interesting coach, coach, but on the field, 
if, if left alone. But Jerry Jones is going to leave anybody alone. So, um, but Bill Parcells, who, I mean, I don't know how, I think Parcells and Belichick are similar in so many ways. They work together. They have a mutual respect. Parcells worked for Jones. Yeah, for four years, and and, and he left prematurely. That that this has been cited already. He's he's a he's a the, the example. The, you know, he's a strong-willed guy. We know that. And he wanted to shop for the groceries. You know, quote unquote. He put that into the sports lexicon, and uh, um, it didn't work out. And uh, they didn't. So that that that's that's his his. Uh, 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 you know his object lesson right there is for Belichick. You can't. He can't work for this guy. I don't see how he could. Do you think Belichick looks at this as a long term kind of thing, <laughs> or does he look at it as like I want to win fifteen games and and I want to do it as quickly as possible? Well, we don't know, but I'm thinking I can I can envision a scenario whereby he's got the number. What is it, fifteen? Uh, up and, and he's cross and like like in prison. You know the number of days you're going. Yeah, to be I do. And and then crossing each one off till he catches Shula. And then he can then he can relax until he finds out how close Andy Reid is to him. But um, yeah, no, I that that's I, he's seventy one. He, he's very he's vigorous. We have no idea that there's any health issues or anything that we know of. Right. Uh, and he's uh, he's he's certainly got a spring in his in his step. No question about that. Um, so he I, he probably thinks he can coach for another ex, you know half a dozen years at least but but uh uh if would he quit you know the minute he gets to shula i don't know <laughs> yeah I, you know I, it's see i i can see him actually going and just being a coach i i really can um you, you know, because it because he's leaving an organization that he knew like he knew everybody in the in the patriots office he knew he knew who who cleaned the the toilets and filled the water bottles um but if you go to another team you, you know you're you're better to just stick with what you really know and that's football i, I think you're discounting his ego apparently well and his ego i don't think i think bob said earlier i don't think his ego will let him not wow. make the decisions. I mean, He's done it for what twenty years, Bob. This is a yeah. This is a pretty old dog to be learning a new trick. That's for sure. It would exactly. be remarkable if he if he were able to do this. If he were able to pull it off, it would have more power to him, you know. And I and and we but we'd all be astonished here if he could go somewhere and 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 actually function in a normal general manager coach relationship with general manager having the final say on things on personnel things and and all the things that a general manager is supposed to be able to do if he can do that fine i just i'm so skeptical that he can do it me too do you, do you have a uh, and is there any talk of which team would make more sense for him well the one prerequisite that people say is you know the team with a quarterback that's why i wondered why he was even talking to atlanta uh, you know and <laughs> seriously I mean, because Arthur Blank Dallas, has lots of money. Yeah, Dallas. You know, I mean, obviously uh, Prescott is a is a a puzzling uh, guy in that you know he's at times he looks like as, as good as anybody, but his playoff record is poor, and and and, and he's coming off yet another playoff disappointment. And uh, uh, you know, I we don't know what Belichick really thinks of him, but uh, but um, yeah, the, why would he go? You know, you got to go somewhere where, where there's a quarterback. You would think. Where there's somebody that's why San Diego now that made sense because Herbert is obviously it's Los Angeles, yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, San Diego boy, how's that for uh, I do it all the time living in the past 
That, okay, yeah, the Chargers make sense because they have a quarterback. That's all I can say. What about the Raiders? There's been very little talk about the Raiders, but a little bit. No, no I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, you know, once again, uh, do you like that quarterback situation? And uh, does he want to work for for Mark Davis? Uh, um, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. You know, he's how that's a, the, I don't. I don't know. And, and and yet the one the one team that's started this uh, the, the rumors was Washington, uh, because of jo- Josh Harris wanting to. Yeah. make a difference and be different in Washington uh, than uh, than the previous owner. You know, there's, there's no ideal situation. So he's going to have to make some kind of a personal compromise no matter where he goes, really, you know, because uh, there's a yeah, but attached to everybody. It's one way or the other, but, but there's no perfect situation. If there were, they, they, they wouldn't be looking for a coach to start with. Really, you know, so uh, it, it, it it's interesting. I, the Dallas thing, you know, does make sense if if jerry jones you know if jerry jones weren't jerry jones i mean the the football personnel that he would be going to to oversee so a lot of positives you know cd lamb and 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 micah parsons and uh, you know it's a lot and and maybe he would be the guy that could get them over that hump you know and he he is a defensive specialist more than an offensive specialist isn't he yes and and he is and and that's always that's where his reputation was made of course he's got two rings to prove it as a Giants defensive coordinator and um, no question um, in the offense uh, was, was what did him in last year because it was foolish decision to have two defensive guys be his offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he, he's definitely a defensive oriented guy. Yeah. But the, as you said, the Dallas situation, hard to imagine he and Jones getting along and being in the same room together and trying to make decisions. <laughs> And that will happen. You know, you know, Jerry Jones has to sit in that room when the decisions are being made. I just checked their website. He is as he is marked as the general manager. Exactly. You know, Jones. <laughs> I mean, but, but that, of course, when you when you own the website and you can write what you want, then that's OK. This is why I'm rolling my eyes and everybody is, you know, the idea of those two. Oh, wouldn't we love to see it? Would I be a circus? You know, I mean, I'm not Dallas media. You know, and I'm thinking about, you know, stories for the next few years. I, oh, my God, am I rooting him home, home? Because, you know, they you, there, there wouldn't be a, a dull, dull moment if he shows up working for Jerry Jones. So the, the other thing, uh, it, it, the other thing you, you have to wonder is if Belichick goes in there and he wants long term and he says, listen, I can help train my replacement. I can help do this next thing. But I, I'm looking at guys that were protégés of Hills, Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniel, Matt Patricia. They were all abject failures as head coaches. Don't forget Charlie Weiss. Don't forget Romeo Cornell. His coaching tree are, are, are twigs. Yes. They're just twigs. And, and this is one of the great mysteries of life. He is, oh, it's, it's an abysmal list. And um, Who's the one? Who, who's the guy that went to Kansas City, too? There was another one. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's more than the yeah. than the, the five we mentioned. And McDaniel's just flopped twice, and and uh, so um, no, it, this is the big amazing thing. His coaching tree is embarrassing. It's nothing to brag about. That, that that's for sure. I mean, it's not like Bill Walsh, where everybody was a Bill Walsh protege for 25 years, right? No, no, no. Or, or Mike or Mike Holmgren in Green Bay. 
this is one of this. No, this is definitely one of the interesting things about the whole Bill's uh, Belichick story is that his, his coaching proteges have, have been almost failures across the board. Makes you wonder if uh, he doesn't like to talk to the media, Belichick. One wonders if he didn't like to talk to his assistant coaches either. Well, I don't know so whether he could learn anything. Whether he requires yes, man. You know, the the other interesting thing about his his uh, shall we say demise or deterioration or or the or the the lack of success last couple of years, he uh, his his mystery aide de camp Ernie Adams uh, retired. And and though it's obviously he doesn't have to have an official title to pick up the phone and call Bill, you wonder uh, how much he depended on the kind of things that Adams would say to him that uh, is no that he doesn't know he no longer has. That's uh, that, that's a that's yeah. Consider that. And uh, people, I don't know, on the outside listening to us now understand what, how important that Ernie Adams was to that whole operation. Todd ha Todd Haley in Kansas City. Oh, oh he was okay. he was another one. So. So there's a lot, you know. It's 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 a it's a story with great legs, guys. It's going to have two minutes until he gets hired. We'll be talking about it. As soon as he gets hired, we'll be talking about it. They'll be scrutinized as much as any team in the NFL. Uh, there's no oh boy, it's he's 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 a you know he's a he's a news source. <laughs> he's going to keep a lot of people employed and busy just just by existing. Okay, so at, at the same time last week, we had well Pete Carroll, <laughs> Pete Carroll got removed from his job. Nick Saban retired, and Belichick moved on. Um, who had a bigger impact on his sport, Saban or Belichick? I think that, uh, well, you know, it, it just, Belichick, what Belichick did and what the Patriots have done in an era of salary cap and, and to win that many times uh, when, when it's, it's so hard to keep a roster intact and all of the year-to-year the, the -year decisions that have to be made. In the beginning, he was making brilliant decisions, by the way, you know, identifying guys that would help this team and, and going out and getting them. And, and, that, that, and in the end, it wasn't happening that way. Anyway, I got to say maybe him, uh, although, you know, Saban um, in the Alabama dominance has been, has, has really been uh, amazing. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, they're very good friends, you know, they're like, yeah, and they're very good friends. So they're, they're two peas in a pod. But I'll go him. But it's that's a good question. I guess he and Saban were on the same staff in Cleveland. Dave Saban was a was his DC, I believe. And but he was with them in Cleveland. And and yeah. um, that's right. They and they're 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 there's a definite mutual admiration society. Could you ever imagine them coaching together again? You know. <laughs> like the, the like the sunshine boys, you know. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about it, but boy, wouldn't that be? Oh my God! Not, but then again, that would mean that one of them would have to, uh, you know, be a subsidiary. Well, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't, you know I, don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> An interesting thing, you know, we never talk about a coach's age as really being a big factor. We talk about it with players. You know, uh, a player can only play so long, and there comes a point where his skills are diminished because of age. It happens with every athlete in every sport. But we don't say that about coaches, really. And I wonder, he's 71 years old. I wonder if his age is a factor here. And can he ever be a decent head coach again because of his age? 
Well, we the you know, the phrase that we use, you know, we all society, not just sports, uses in 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 whatever industry or business we're talking about is has it passed them by, right? And, and the, people are actually raising the question of his offensive uh, inefficiency here, in a sense, um, and whether you know the, he is keeping pace with the rest of the league in that regard, and 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 the, the on, uh, which, which even the fact that he would so dis so have such a cavalier attitude as to appoint Patricia and Judge as his offensive coordinators last year when the, every, everybody knew that was a mistake. I mean, he was stubborn enough to go through with it. And even though it was only lasted the one year, uh, it, he doesn't, that if you want to cite to that, other than that, I don't know where you could point to him to, to tie age into this, uh, unless you, you know, call it stubbornness in some ways, you know, that that's a, a quite often a trait of those of us as we get older, we, we, we dig our, our trench and in, in hole and, you know, and just put our feet in it. And that's when we're not going anywhere, but he's not getting accused of that too much. I don't think so. He certainly sounds vigorous and looks. I, I tell you what, the, the one thing, the one thing you keep reading about and, and is that his young players really appreciated him and, and under, and felt they understood him. And, and uh, speaking from experience, I mean, if you're around a lot of young people, it does keep you younger. It does keep you fresher. And so I think that's a, I, I, I don't see that as an issue for anybody of his ilk, if he still has the work ethic. And I don't think ever anybody's ever questioned his work ethic. Do you, Bob? No, the one thing that you, that we might, anyone, you know, looking at this situation in general terms, in terms of how much he wants to coach, he, he loves every aspect. He still loves every aspect of the job. Uh, he loves uh, practice. He loves the OTAs. He loves, he even loves, he, I mean, I take a lot of them. Oh my God, I got to worry about the draft. He loves preparing for the draft. He loves uh, uh, evaluating. He, he now hasn't been so certain positions. He's not too good, namely wide receiver, but um, he does like, he likes it all. And, and the, the, the media thing, uh, he, he's, it's, it's an act. Okay. I sure. totally believe it's an act. It's the way I'm going to present myself. The, the, the do it's coming. And, and I, I've always had this uh, feeling, uh, uh, belief that after one of those Stonewall press conferences, he goes back in the coach's room and says, I did it again. <laughs> you know, and, and the fact is he does get better day by day until Fridays. Uh, he is uh, uh, almost a raconteur, but the, the general public doesn't see this, but uh, th that's the way it is. So the, um, the amazing thing for me on Belichick on press conferences um, is like he, he, his voice even lowers when he starts to get that stoic. <laughs> he, he starts to get a little deeper and gruffer and yup and nope and on to Cincinnati. He, I mean, he, he, he becomes a caricature in front of that microphone, in front of that media group. It, it must have frustrated guys it's a borderline time and time again. It's a borderline mumble. And he's not, you know, I, I tell you, there's every evidence that there's a completely different personality away from him, away from that podium. Uh, both internally, where you always hear from people about his sly sense of humor, that that's that's been been out there for twenty years. Um, and, and people, you know, no, he and and the oh, you know, one of the more interesting uh, things that happened this week was the com where the com comments from the other uh, local coaches, both past and present, he established relationships with with uh, Francona, with Cora, with first one ever that that uh, no i'm sorry uh, you know with with uh, brad stevens who had a lot of nice things to say about him etc and uh, and and even 
So they they he shows a different side to them. There's no question. No question. You, you make a good good point because uh, when the Winter Classic was in Boston, uh, he went out and skated with Claude Julian, who was the coach of the Bruins at the time, and had a great time. And uh, one of those coaches that uh, had raved things to say about him this week in press conferences with Bruce Cassidy, who now coaches in Vegas, who coached the Bruins for so many years. They touched all the bases with the other three teams. There's no question. Um, so they respect him and like him and, and, and see him in a different light. They, they've been, they've witnessed to some of his, you know, the, the, him telling a joke, you know, uh, they, they can, they can testify to that. We spent, who knows, almost 20 years looking at the New England Patriots as maybe the greatest collective franchise in the history of the NFL. And there were two guys that you always talked about. It was Belichick and Brady. They were the keys to that team and to their success. I must tell you, I'm inclined at this point, based on Belichick's performance or non-performance of the past three years, to think more of Brady and less of Belichick <laughs> as significant in that championship run or those championship runs. How do you feel? Uh, the, the, of course, that was the great, been the great parlor question since Brady departed. And Brady got the, the one-upsmanship by winning a championship, obviously. Um, and and the, here's Belichick going out the door now after after four years. Um, I, I think it's a oversimplification because I don't think, you have to remember the, the Brady's, uh, development. Okay, which one was luckier to be with the other? Okay, in the end, you got to have the. Uh, I don't know. If Brady, remember, he was the 199th pick in the damn draft. And, sure, I do. And we do. We, the year when when he came, took over with, with uh, Bledsoe's injury, uh, we were told uh, as the year went on. You know, the coach was. This is very convenient for Belichick because he he was looking to make a change. He he sees something in this kid. This is before the season where we got to the playoffs and anything else. So you know he identified something there with him, uh, and and obviously was help very helpful in, in the kid's development. But obviously in the end, uh, when Brady, you know, it's it's hard to, not to say Brady when he went on and won somewhere else. I'll be on, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, well, I, the question is, did Belichick? looked like a great coach because he had Brady or was Brady a great quarterback because he had Belichick as his coach? I would say this. Uh, 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 you'd have to say, if, if they put that proverbial Luger, to, if you put it to my head, I'll say, okay, I'll give Brady the edge in this in this particular argument. But I'll say this. Uh, the partnership is is what still is paramount. And I, I, I equate it to uh, Bill Russell and Red Auerbach. Okay. Um, uh, Russell has said, had said in a, repeatedly that he never would have been this, as, a, uh, as successful in the NBA for, uh, if he weren't playing for Auerbach. Uh, and uh, he, he made that clear, that he didn't think that he would have been appreciated for what he was, uh, what he was all about by anybody else the way he was by Auerbach. And he wouldn't have had the success that he had to the level that he had it if, uh, if he had played for anybody else. So um, I would like to think that Brady would kind of echo that for for Belichick that uh he 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 you know benefited a lot maybe uh, and but it's just great on ponderable hey it's a fair question it's a fun question and 
and uh, you know, but and, and it certainly was one that we 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 batted around here for for a long time. I can tell you that. The fascination of the uh, of this to me is Brady Belichick and Bob Kraft, and, and out of this, the owner. Uh, I think the owner walked out of that press conference. Well, both of the press conferences he did on Thursday, um, looking like um, the father figure that we all think he was. He obviously has done something right in New England. Well, he certainly, you know, uh, was a, a, a good owner here. There's no doubt. I mean, and, uh, and everything from building the new stadium and, and at, at, without a public expense and, and, uh, you know, and we had such a history here of buffoonery, you know, I mean, an absolute buffoonery, even interspersed with a couple of Super Bowl runs. Uh, but uh, ba basically, uh, this was a, a, a franchise that had off, more often than not. Hey, hey, who can who can forget Victor Kayam? Come on now. You know, laughing stock. Or, yeah. Or, you know, and, and Billy <laughs> Sullivan, who, who that's a he was a whole other fictional character in and of himself. Oh, Victor Kayam. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> this, this franchise was was had no respect. You know, outside, right. no respect. And um, he, when, I'll tell you, go back to the hiring of Belichick, and and I've explored this at times. That and, and um, the the scorn with which that uh, uh, appointment was met here, people because Belichick, you know, the way he exited New York about you know turning taking the job back the, and giving the cryptic note, I don't want to be the HC of the NYJ, and and some of the stuff, the way he handled that, I that's up, guys. I wrote that he was unhinged so i was part of the media chorus saying oh my god what, what how's this going to work out the guy might be a great defensive coordinator but you know he, he's no leader and look what he did in cleveland blah 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 and oh my god what are you thinking about bill you know and i'm um, believe me that was my attitude and i wasn't alone so he was right and we were wrong yeah i think we should break here shannon okay that's bob mccowan that's bob ryan i'm john shannon back after this all right, let's uh, let's shift here, or or uh, in 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 tremendous basketball terms, let's pivot. How's that, Bob? Like that, right? Let's let's, let's pivot. Don't travel um, though. Keep the anchor your well, no. Don't travel. Hey, you, the three of us are the only three that don't travel in the NBA anymore. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it's, they're going to change the rules. They're going to. Well, they're going to say it's not understand the Euro step. Or, or in the case of Giannis, the, the yellow gallop. Yeah, I'm sorry. We used to call it a step and a half when I was a kid. That's what we used <laughs> to call it. Um, but before, but we and before, before we talk about uh, the Celtics, I got I, I saw your reaction somewhere uh, about uh, the events that occurred in Chicago uh, oh. late last week at the Hall of Fame induction of the Bulls and the. The really, really disappointing reaction of Bulls fans to the announcement of the late Jerry Krause. It was, it it truly was disgusting, wasn't it? I have to say up front, I am very proprietary towards the memory of Jerry Krause. Uh, I proudly proclaim myself to be one of the three known FOJs among the media, uh, and and that myself, Joe Gilmartin of the late Joe Gilmartin of is he late? I don't know of Phoenix and Ira Burkow of New York times um, we were three guys who really liked him and he liked us and most other people scorned him personally and and uh, all right fine now uh, so I'm, I'm a jury guy I could even say call me a jury single fan um, I tr attribute what happened to that hideous television show 
for the last dance. And I blame the number one person to blame for the for the image of Jerry Krause is Michael Jordan. And, uh, you know, for, for the negative uh, connotations of Jerry Krause. And uh, it doesn't shock me that people did this. I was just very sadly disappointed that people booed him, uh, booed his, his, his widow, Thelma, uh, in, in, as the stand-in for him. Um, because Jerry Krause, yeah, he didn't draft Michael. Michael was there. He did. He built the team. He gave. He built everything else that gave and enabled Michael to win the six championships uh, in two different you know, uh, incarnations in Chicago. He is attributed to the brilliant general managing of Jerry Krause. But then all they focused on was the demise in the end, the breakup, which was oversimplified. Believe me. And 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 they vilified Jerry Krause in that in that uh, show, The Last Dance, sure. and people remember that. And and it, it was, you know, it was disgraceful and 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 just awful. Sure, but Michael didn't like him, at least at the end. Gave him cr called him crumbs and not in the beginning. Of and that show was a was a Jordan special, right? Yeah, well, it was. Well, it was Jordan a Jordan owned it. Sure, exactly. So he wasn't going to. Uh, Make Krause a hero. Jerry's yeah, so. easy to mock guys physically, you know, dumpy uh, guy and and all, uh, and all that. But um, he was a very very shrewd guy, and and things he did uh, to build that team, the the way and you, they take people shouldn't take for granted that he identified Dennis Rodman out of Southeast Oklahoma, and that he uh, he he made the brilliant trade to get Cartwright, and 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 he drafted. Um, Horace Grant, and and I'm forgetting one other. Oh, Pip! I said Pippen. Oh my God! Pippen. I said Pippen. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he put put the team and all the other French players, the the, the John Paxons and the oh, well, didn't all, he hire Phil Jackson? And hiring Phil Jackson out of the Eastern League, uh, absolutely. Thank you very much. That one alone, um, you know, he, he he. So it it's just that's the record, and it's easy to uh, cite. And it was it was a bad it was a very bad evening in, in Chicago. That's that's a shame. What, so I'm, I'm curious uh, when you you, you de uh, describe yourself as, as an FOJ, uh, how did that happen? And and uh, I how was he approachable to you? I was a young reporter and covering the Celtics in the 1969-70 era, and when, and and in those days, uh, he was a scout for the Baltimore Bullets for the for the, for the Bullets. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I met him in passive, you know, come in course of my duties. And and we hit it off, and 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 um, uh, I just had a good good relationship with him, and 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 uh, and what can I say? I just we we were friendly, and and he and so I respect, and I learned a lot of basketball from him as well, and uh, so I, I just I don't know uh, why everybody else, why it didn't click with en enough people, that's up, to, but uh, but I it did with me, and and we were I I knew him from very early on in my career, going back to the. To 1969 70. Hmm. I just, it's curious. And, and, and you wonder if there's, I, I know it's coincidence, but you know, Kraus won six, Belichick wins six, <laughs> and everybody's lauding Belichick. And, and then this fan base, or at least as Steve Kerr said, a portion of the fan base yeah, yeah. is, is, is so against this guy. I felt so bad for his widow. Well, I, re I really did. That was just an poor, awful scenario. His poor widow, you know, Thelma uh, having to, go do that she was in tears apparently yeah. she was in tears um you know but i do blame you know it's under the people were in, their impression was formed hey 
Who, who's going to win that PR battle, Michael Jordan or Jerry Krause? There's no chance. You know, Jerry had no chance. The interesting thing to me is that the Boston, uh, the city of Boston has two first place teams right now, the Celtics and the Bruins. But I don't think either one of them kind of gets the respect maybe they deserve. I hear very few people talking about these two teams as potential champions. Which one do you think has a better chance? Well, the latest Vegas odds have Celtics number one that I saw uh, only yesterday from somebody. Somebody's Vegas odds had them at number, yeah, the best chance to win the championship. Um, I, I, they, I think the Celtics are the, are, have a better chance. Uh, uh, really? Only because... Um, no, I shouldn't say. I, I, I just do. I, I'm not sure. But I, in either case, is there overwhelming competition? The answer is no. Now, you know, right. so in other words, there's nobody that, that you have to be afraid of if you're the Celtics or the, or the I, I can speak more about the NBA. I don't think there's anybody out there that the Bruins have to be afraid of, you know, but they both have to uh, prove to the world that they can take that final step. I mean, what the Bruins did, going back to losing to St. Louis and, and never showing up in that game. And then last year, going out, boom, after, after setting the point record. Uh, that's got people saying, well, they don't have that extra je ne sais quoi. You know, what is that, that, that sufficient poison un, under pressure? And the Celtics are two years removed now from a championship in which they were leading in the finals and they got beat. But it's a different team now, obviously, with a mm -hmm. different composition with, with Porzingis right. and Holiday. This is the strongest starting five that, that they've had to offer uh, since 2008, this for sure. And, uh, uh, and you look at the league, Yes, the defending champions are, are, are good, but you know, you know, they're not overwhelming, and I don't think anybody is overwhelming. So they, I think the Celtics have a very good chance. Boy, last night against the Raptors, Bob, uh, you know, I just thought they toyed with them. I, I, you know, I mean, it, you know, the, the the Raptors went on that second half run, and then you go and get a, a cup of tea, and you come back, and the Celtics are up by ten. I mean, it's it it, it just seems like they right now. That's the NBA, you know. Yeah, that's what. But uh, well, it's happening. That's how they play in the NBA. You, I just, I, I, the Celtics are such a complete and deep team right now. You know, the, Bob, you're so right. Last week there was a game that spoke, said it all about the 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 ebb and flow in the NBA. Detroit against Sacramento, I believe it was Sacramento, where yeah. they Detroit was up by 20 and early on, and then they 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 wound up down by 15. So it's a 35 point swing. Then they came back and tied it up, and then they got blown out again in the same game. All that happened in the same game. It's a game of runs. You hear that all the time in the NBA. You know, it's a game of runs. It's a game of runs. Um, yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, but this Celtic team is very different than the than the last because the Porzingis so far it's working out in, in an idyllic fashion for them. He's giving them exactly what what they dreamed about, which is that he he not only can throw those threes in there and spread the floor when they want to, but he can, he can post up and he is better on defense than people realize the big thing as always, but how many teams can't you say this, you know, got to stay in the game. He's got to be healthy. They're, they're, they're being very right. careful with him now. They're treating him uh, 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 very carefully about back to backs and everything else. Cause you know, in the end they, you got to have him. but name me a team in the league that, that isn't dependent on, health of course they are everybody is and and needing the good but they're it, it's encouraging and uh, and the other thing is of course the coach joe mazzola was thrown into a very very difficult situation last year and had to do a lot of ojt 
and um, and I think he's benefited from it. I think he's a, a more forceful, interesting, and uh, you know, uh, ag aggressive coach this year. We are still a month away from baseball free agents or uh, spring training, but my sense for right here is that the uh, Red Sox fans, while they're baseball fans, I do they have any optimism at all about this team? Minimal. No, no, they know. I mean, the, if, if you're halfway intelligent and following, you you say, who are we better than in this division? The answer is nobody. And so there's, there's another fifth place uh, finish in, you know, in the offing if, if something doesn't happen dramatically between now and, 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 you know, I don't know, middle of the season anyway. With something, um, They haven't been able to address it very well, the pitching issue that they have, enormous starting pitching issue. Uh, the, the only answer so far has been Lucas Giolito. And and uh, that that that's it. And in terms, um, so they got questions there. Maybe they've addressed second base with Vaughn Grissom and the trade, you know, with for sale. Maybe um, uh, power in the outfield. That's a big question. They'll have it right now. Um, they got a lot of issues. No, people are skeptical. And uh, um, and and the big thing that you know keep people keep harping on is they're acting like a small a mar or mid market team. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. And we and my. You know they're not. They they're not going out and and spending that money as they once did. And you know the big question that we all ask is, where do they fit in the in the pecking order and and in the Fenway Sports Group's portfolio? When John that's Henry a good company bought the team, they that they bought the Red Sox and that's all they were. He he was he, he was a minority right. uh, uh, owner of the Yankees, and and he sold us and then he now. You know, we've got we've got they they got the Penguins, we got Liverpool, which is huge. We got the Penguins, we got Fenway Welsh Racing, and we've got the other things I can't even name. And and where do the Red Sox fit in the pecking order of that? That's a big question here. They're no longer they no longer appear to be the priority of John Henry and company. Well, you they're mentioned just a line, the they're a line item in the budget. Oh <laughs> yeah. well, no, but that you look you look at what all these conglomerates are doing. That's all they are. They're line items in budgets. Well, and so, um, you know, that that's a big question. And, uh, and, and well, a lot of pressure on um, uh, Mr. Bar Mr. Breslow, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, uh, uh, and so far we haven't seen much, you know, much happening. But the sale trade, yes, that was, you know, and that's significant. And uh, maybe Grissom is going to help them at second. Uh, there, there's, there's some optimism about that. But basically speaking, You've got to sober, take a sober-minded look at it, and 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 you you cannot put them ahead of any other team in this division as they start the season. Was there any pressure or talk about signing Otani? Oh yeah, there was. I don't know how serious, but yeah, there was talk. There was that they might that they were in it and uh, that they wanted to be in it, uh, but uh, based on what they got, I don't think they were very much ever in it. Right. Uh, you know, they, uh, they, they, the guy they were in was the other was Yama. Well, they wanted to be in Yamamoto and Yamamoto, the other yeah. Japanese pitcher who just signed that guy. They really were in it. Apparently they wanted to be in it, but they didn't get in it. They didn't win it. And yeah. uh, so there you go. All right, Bob, listen, really, really appreciate your time. It's uh, it's great to have you back on with the other Bob. It's uh, so much fun to, to talk about things. No, my, I, I always enjoy being on with you guys, Bob, and, and great to see you back. Thank you, pal. It's great to see you, too. That's Bob Ryan with Bob McCowan. I'm John Shannon. Back after this.
We haven't talked much about the Raptors, Bob. Uh, you know, they haven't done anything worth talking about. Well, now, no, now I'm, you know, I'm just going to, now they're just bad. Now they're just bad. Well, you know, there was a lot of optimism when they made the trade. And what did I say to you on this show? You said, you said, hold your horses, mister. <laughs> they aren't very good and they won't be very good. And the question really now, uh, social media is spending a lot of time with, do you trade Siakam? And if you do, what are you looking for in return? What do you think? Would you trade him? Well, here, here's, I'll tell you what. So I'm, I'm going to throw you a curveball because I think this, I think this is a discussion inside MLSE right now. Um, we all know our friend Keith Pelly's coming back to run MLSE. Yeah. Does anything happen in the company? Does anything happen in the company? Before Hockey team Keith, or basketball team comes back before he shows up? Sure, I think so. I think it can happen. I don't know whether it will or not, but well, I, I you tell know, you Pelly's what, job I, supposedly is chairman or president of president, the president, and, and president, and CEO of MLSE. Both right. Brendan Shanahan, I am told, both Brendan Shanahan and Masai Ujiri report to him. Well, exactly. So, do you think Keith will have an influence on the decisions that those two make? Yes, I you do. do. I think that he's a. I think he has to be a factor. Uh, I think he has to now. I and I think when it comes to pure basketball or pure hockey moves, trades, probably less of a scenario. But when it comes to money, within what MLSE is going to spend, oh, I think Keith true. has to yeah. have a say. That's true. So I want. I want. I wonder if anything. I wonder if there's and and I don't know. I'm just speculating. I wonder if there's a paralysis at MLSE right now on either team with both teams about what can we do, what can't we do? Because you know as well as I do, if the board has endorsed Keith Pelly and Masai goes or Brendan goes and says, "I want to do this," they're saying, "Well, what does Keith think?" <laughs> well, those are only financial questions, as you mentioned, and. The Maple Leafs have no financial flexibility, so they. Well, no, they, they can. They, there's, there's a little bit. You're talking there's about a... personnel decisions. I don't yeah. think he gets involved in those. Okay. At all, we'll see. But it seems I think when be... it comes to winning and losing, he will have a lot to say. We'll see. I'll be surprised if he does, but maybe. Yeah. Anyway, this week you go, huh? We, we we have to wait and see. We haven't seen the official announcement yet, so we got to figure out when that's going to occur. What official announcement? On Pelly. Oh, they haven't announced it yet. I, it's supposed to be Thursday, yet. isn't it? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. we'll have to wait and see. We'll see. Well, then, yeah, we'll have to. Anyway, we should go. Okay. Goodbye, John. That's the McCowan podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 